Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and we welcome back Lawson. It's good to have you oh, here for so this week. And you had an absolutely fabulous weekend because you went down to Canberra. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Aussie pastor Lloyd Grolleman was there. Robbie, Robbie was there as mm-hmm. well. And you guys presented. And tell us a little bit about your trip and uh, what happened down there. I'm just going to say, firstly, shout out to all of the churches in Canberra who came together. So they, they came together for a regional event, all of all of the churches in the area. And coming together for that regional event, then they decided to to add us on, promote Faith FM, and run an amazing dinner as well. So this all this unfolded on Saturday. It was in the in the hall there, literally like less than a kilometer from Parliament House. Wow. Right in the center of Canberra. Love and it. And they just did a phenomenal job. Like it was so good. In fact, oh well. I've been to like two Faith FM kind of regional event dinners and that one was better than, than the other one I went to. So uh, it was, it was, it was really, really, really incredible. It was amazing to see. It was amazing to meet so many people as well, both like from the community who listen to Faith FM as well as from the churches as well, who are fans of the show, who are supporting us. And I, I was just incredibly blessed in my time down there. So did uh, you have people coming up to you? So you're lost. Yeah, now yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've seen Mate, you on, I, I've people, seen you on the side. Signs here in Canberra, but now I see you in yeah, person. Yeah. How, many, how many people wanted photos with you? Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a few, there's more than I expected. I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. Uh, but and not to sit here and, and have a big head or anything. But I think the main thing that I appreciated is people just coming up to me and saying, wow, like the show has and, and the station has impacted me in such a positive oh, way isn't that and led me to Jesus. I was like, that, that's Praise all we Lord. could hope to hear. Absolutely. So and coming up on our show today, we have an interview with Justin Lawman on politics and prophecy. In our news segment, we're looking at the rapture and also looking at archaeological findings in Serbia and also in our Bible. So this week we're studying mission to the needy and today we're looking at the faith of the friend. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Listening to the Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson is back on deck this morning. Of course, yeah. having been to Canberra over the weekend, we'll hear more about it later in the show too. Take it away, please, with our first quiz question, Lawson. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. John chapter one and verse one begins with the same three words as what other book of the Bible? John chapter one and verse one begins with what with the same three words as what other book in the Bible? If you know the answer to that one, hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you actually go into the draw to win. We're giving away two prizes this week to two different special lucky listeners, special prize winners. And both of these are 1,000-piece puzzles. We've got one called Jesus at the Helm, which is a beautiful illustration of, well, it's him, like, driving a boat of yeah, people's the wheel, lives. Basically, so basically yeah, yeah. driving the driving through the storms of people's lives, as well as a more Christmassy one here, May I Hold Him, the 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle as well, which is an illustration of at Jesus' birth. And both of these puzzles uh, kind of have, it's like Jesus in his, you know, 
Palestinian first century context. And then simultaneously, uh, kind of some modern people around and whatnot. And mm. it's kind of like drawing that bridge of, you know, the same experiences that Jesus had in his life. He's helping people go through today as well. And it's really beautiful, but also they're puzzles, they're interactive, super fun. I am a puzzle edge piece specialist. Oh, are you? you? Know, I mean, edge, edge piece only, not, uh, the, not edge, the inner bit. You well, do the think, edge and then leave the rest to somebody I'm else. Like, and then I'm like, yeah, you know, then after that, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I delegate. And I'm like, hey, you, you got this, you know, whoever, whoever wants to continue on. But again, that question was, John chapter 1 and verse 1 begins with the same three words as what other book in the Bible? 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. Okay, and this morning we are going to Eidsvold. Eidsvold. Where's that? Do you know? Have you heard of it before? I've never, I've no. never been okay. to Eidsvold or It's Eidsvold in Queensland. Or, okay. they listen, our listeners listen on 88.0 FM. Oh, okay, amazing. now Eidsvold is a rural town in the North Burnett region of Queensland. The town is self-proclaimed beef capital of ben, the Burnett and is a hub for... Uh, for cattle, basically. Okay. And in the 2016 census, we don't have the latest one, mm-hmm. but the population was just under 600. Wow. Okay. Isn't that real, so cool? A real country real town. Real fair That's dinkum awesome. Aussie country town. And I love it. I, I love that fact too, that, that basically some of these really small towns, and this isn't the first time we've actually had, um, gone to a place that's a small town, but some of these mm. small places, like last week we did Gaduga, for example, you know, that they actually have stations out there. And of course, when you're out rurally, you know, when you're out remote, one of the, the, the most important things to have out there is to have communication and have contact with what's going out in the world. But also, you know, just to have that voice in the home and of what's happening. And we're hoping that for those in Eidsvold that the breakfast show gets you started and all happy. Mm. Um, you know, being in a small town that you may not see many people coming through there, we don't know, but let us know. If you're from Eidsvold, text us in on 0491-064-669. Let us know what, how long you've lived there. What do you love about Eidsvold? And let mm. us know what the breakfast show means to you. We're hoping it gives you a really good start to the day in every kind of way. So Eidsvold, beef capital of Burnett, and the hub for for basically for cattle as yeah. well. So Absolutely. Hey, I just want to quickly share, given this is the good news section, and I know you have some fantastic good news to share. Yo. I just want to quickly say, so I did I did my exams last week. Oh, I finished yes, them of off course. on Wednesday. Yes, yes. And then I was I was sick on Thursday and then Friday went down to Canberra. And and I just got to say, though, regarding my exams, dude, I had the easiest exams ever. I was like, when I went down to camera and people asking me about like, so how did your exams go? Like, again, I, I kind of talked about on, on Tuesday after my Monday exam, man, I'm, I'm like sitting there reading the questions, like almost laughing again on Wednesday. I'm like, I know. Firstly, not only do I know all of this. But it's chill. Like it's, it's, I'm like, yeah, I can explain this well and articulate it well. You know, have you ever been in an exam before and felt like you didn't know? What they were asking me oh, to do. Oh, yeah. There's been, oh, yeah. I've done lots of exams, not just in theology, but yeah, of course, you know, as a speech pathology. Well. Yeah. Did you do statistics in, when you did speech pathology? Yeah, we did statistics. How did you go with that? Yeah, I did all right because I like maths. As okay. Well. Okay. You like maths because <laughs> I have other friends who are speech pathologists who are like, 
why do we do statistics? This is ridiculous. Like <laughs> they hated it. But I just got to say, man, like God is, I think I, I just have to praise God that That's I sat it. there. And I mean, like if I had no knowledge about the Bible or, or theology or anything, I would be lost in that exam. But it was like the questions that they asked me just right down my alley. I knew what they were talking about. It was the stuff that I studied. And so I'm also just like, in terms of good news, I'm praising God. That's like, really oh good man, news. like finish off the semester strong in that sense of just like wow like i was sweating leading up to the exam i'm like nervous sit down open the piece of paper like my heart rate went down after i started the exam because i was just like oh man i know this stuff so no really and you got it all answered in time obviously yeah mate i in fact in my second one usually i i'm a time user like even Mm. if i know everything i'm like i'm gonna give the best answer i can and use like 100 percent of the time Dude, I got out of there early, bro. I was like, no, nah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. This is this is chill. But hey, good times. That's really Praise nice. God. Well, you had God. two double great whammies, of yeah. course, from God. The doing well with the exams and, yeah. of course, your time in Canberra as well on Absolutely. the weekend with Faith FM. Hey, we're going to findings in Serbia. Whole new way for excavating um, research has been opened up by a research team, says archaeologist Miljana Radikovic from University College of London, mm. particularly after they've found some finding, done some findings in Serbia. Mm. So here's the exciting thing. In 2015, researchers actually used aerial surveying and satellite imagery. So normally with archaeology, They'll actually go in and do the ground, you know, at the ground level. They actually do the uncovering and they gradually do small pits and stuff like that. Here they actually did it with aerial surveying and satellite imagery, first of all, and um, they discovered unknown in uh, unknown habitations that seem to show that the Balkans, in other words, Serbia, you know, the, the countries that are the Balkans, which are Serbia, Bulgaria, Albania and uh, North Macedonia, that the Balkan history goes back way, way mm. back. So here's the thing, what, how far way back. They actually looked at the settlements. Um, so they then went in on foot after doing it by surveying and satellite imagery. They went in by foot and they looked at the settlements and they found that it was from the Bronze Age, which mm. is amazing. So it goes back to the time of the My, My, Mycenaeans and the um, ancient Egyptians and mm. Babylon, even right back to there, which is amazing that the Balkan history dates right back to there. Yeah. Okay, so it's actually putting some dots together for them, so piecing the pieces of the puzzles together. They looked at the sediments from, and they found it was from the Bronze Age, and it was in the largest plain of Pannonia, which is located in Slovenia um, in, uh, and, and Croatia and in Vojvodin in modern Serbia. So this is in the plain of this part of modern Serbia that they've actually found um, in the Pannonia Plain. Now, it's the largest plain of ancient Romans in this particular area, which is mm. fascinating. I would never have, you know, we think of Rome and all those kind of places, you know, having some of the Roman stuff, but to think that it's in some of these Balkan areas, which yeah. is amazing. So, um, and so it's the largest plain of ancient Romans in this particular area. So in the middle of the 5th century, Pannonia, so I did some background looking, so in the middle of the 5th century, Pannonia was handed over and delivered to the Huns by the by the Theodosius II. And after the death of Attila, Attila they actually paused to, um, they went over to the hands of virtually, um, I think it was the, yeah, the, the, the Lombards and the Ostrogoths, of mm. course, that we know in the, in the statue of Daniel chapter 2. Yeah. When in the feet, you know, you've got the iron and then it separates into them. So the Ostrogoths and Lombards are part of those. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and so it's really fascinating stuff. So hands to the Ostrogoths, Lombards, Avars and Slavs and, and Hungarians as well. Mm. So it's really interesting when we actually look back at that. Now, yeah, and it was the Ostrogoths who at one point actually occupied the city of Rome as well and were, you know, in in that area before their total kind of destruction and wiping out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what they show is that this unique area was the unique time um, that um, consisted of large enclosures protected by ditches and mm. defence walls and embankments made of earth, which mm. is incredible. So they had like these fortresses um, and some were 2,400 acres in the internal area um, and defence areas um, were over 25 kilometres. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, take it away with our next quiz question, please. Okay, what vegetation, according to Jesus, is here today and tomorrow and, well, is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. Of course, the prize for this week, we've got two amazing jigsaw puzzles that we are giving away absolutely for free. And hey, also these jigsaw puzzles, as usual, come with some kind of very tenuous promise that we will maybe come and complete it with you or end up in your presence while you own it, just like board games and cookbooks and something like that. But, uh, you know, we've promised that a lot, but if I be honest... There has been no time in the history of Faith of Fame in which I've made that promise and followed up on it. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just that it just hasn't happened. But maybe maybe this is it. But the, <laughs> the promise is tenuous at best. But look, what vegetation, according to Jesus, is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. We just had the song cut in there, Danuta. And so I want to give you just a little bit more time to finish up uh, and, and wrap up what you were saying, yeah. talking about the amazing archaeological finds that they had found c- connecting the Balkans and the Slavs and these guys yeah, that's to right. what was happening in the Roman Empire and, and, the, and the greater European and Asia Minor and Middle Eastern scene. Yeah, and so like I said, they actually found that this unique area actually had large enclosures protected by ditches and defence walls mm. and fortresses you know, that were made of earth and some were 2,400 mm. acres in the internal area and the defense wow. parts were actually 25 kilometer over 25 kilometers the defense areas isn't that yeah, incredible that's amazing so um they built it close to the rivers of course and um particularly the river that was north south corridor for trade trade work of the bronze uh during the bronze era mm. era and they found lots of household goods and animal uh, bones and pottery and they were able to do radio um carbonate um the sites and actually gave them the idea of, of, you know, that it was dating back to the Bronze Era. And I just want to say that, you know, just in conclusion, that my mind went to when I think of defence and fortress and, of course, being delivered... You know, Psalm 18, there's many verses, but Psalm mm. 18 too says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my Amen. deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So mm. come to Jesus and he'll be your rock and he will be your fortress in every way. Absolutely. Okay, where are we going with your news yeah, segment today? In more, I would say, you know, some, some, some current pressing, uh, news. Well, so 
We, on the weekend in Canberra, we had a live segment in the afternoon, in the evening. We talked about Palestine and Israel and what the biblical perspective is on that conflict. And I don't want to get massively into Palestine and Israel, but the big question that came out of that is, how do we biblically view end-time events? And how how does the end-time biblically make sense to us because there are a few different methods that people use of interpretation there's there's some methods that people use which is just simply like oh this hectic thing happened you know on the you know in the newspaper and that must mean jesus is coming soon i think that definitely we can see signs of the times happening around us but what kind of interpretation or what system of interpretation do we take into interpreting end time events and interpreting the Bible. And and you could say, oh, well, why do we need a system of interpretation? If the Bible says something's going to happen, isn't it just going to happen? And it's incredibly important to have a system of interpretation because we know that a lot of the information shared in the Bible about the end times is symbolic. Mm. The reason it's, it's symbolic for a number of reasons. Mm. And I think... One of them is that it's so that it makes those prophecies not self-fulfilling and self-fulfilling in the sense where if it just says this will happen and this will happen and this will happen in very clear and plain language in a document that will spread all over the world, there is that potential that it could become self-fulfilling. Whereas I think the strength of having those symbols is the fact that the Bible gives us a system to decode those symbols of prophecy and we can actually see that, oh, wow, the things that the Bible said happen uninfluenced. Absolutely. And that's a really good point that you're actually bringing up because that, you know, it has to be from God. That's right. It has to be from God. But this is the other reason I love it too. Yeah. Is it makes us dig deeper. If it was all written out for us, if it was completely written out for us, you'd just read it, skim it through and off you go. But here you've actually got to dig into God's word and go to this chapter, go to this verse, go to this book of the Bible to actually find it and combine it with history. That's right. And I think ultimately it's, it's even if it, again, if if the Bible just said a lot of things in plain language, and I think a lot of the Bible is very plain, I think, but then a lot of the Bible can be dug deeper into, and especially on this topic of eschatology, it's mm -hmm. incredibly important because when you spend that time in the Word of God, it actually, it lengthens the time you spend in the Word of God, which lengthens the time that you spend with God. And I feel like a lot of people's conversion experience, and I can absolutely speak to this from my own perspective, came through learning the prophecies of the Bible, and that time was extended of me spending time in the Bible. It was extended because I was like, I really want to dig deeper into what this is saying. And and so there's a, a many amazing things. Now, in regards to interpretation of the Bible, and one common interpretation of what's going to happen in the end time is what we call in in a theological sense is called the the pre-tribulation rapture in a more colloquial sense people call it the secret rapture and that's Mm. really been proliferated by a number of famous theologians Mm -hmm. over the last couple of centuries big evangelists and then Mm. but very recently a a very prominent famous book series called left behind Mm -hmm. was was a real tool to proliferate this idea of there will be a secret rapture that takes place before jesus comes back everyone on earth who's saved will disappear before the tribulation 
happens. And when we say, oh, well, what's the tribulation? The Bible describes this time coming in the future before the destruction of the world, which is a time of trouble such as there ever was. Mm. And the, the secret rapture interpretation of end time events is, okay, there will be a bunch of signs of times of things happening. All the Christians and all the safe people will disappear. Then there will be this hectic tribulation that takes place for seven years. And then after that seven years, Jesus will return and it will be you know, the end of the world and whatnot. Mm. And, you know, there was an, a recent interview that came out with Jerry Jenkins, who was the co-author of those books along with Tim LaHaye. And they're saying, look, a bunch of things that we interpreted happening, you know, the signs and and uh, look at these wars and look at Hamas and look at Israel and, and the way that this is this playing out. Now, I agree in the sense that the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars being mm. an end time mm-hmm. event and, and, mm-hmm. and the exponential increase of war and the exponential increase of famine and and violence and earthquakes and all of these things like we can see that in Matthew 24 but to then assert like they have in their in their novel series that oh and then there will be a disappearance of all people who are saved and then there will be more tribulation to take place after before Jesus comes back is I would just plainly say it's simply unbiblical. And how unfair would that be that with one lot God does this and with one lot he does that instead of everyone experiences the same. That's right that there is a there is a fair playing field and you can say oh well, why is there a need for that you know why doesn't God reward the faith of those who are saved by taking them early and that's simply because with Jesus <laughs> we can get through tribulation. Yeah. Now, and, and it's interesting like I've seen some discourse I've talked to people who subscribe to this belief and it's like oh it's obvious that a rapture happens before Jesus Jesus comes back. By the way, we believe in the rapture. We believe in the translation of people from from mortal to immortal and whatnot. But we say that that's when Jesus is descending in the clouds. Simultaneously, we are raptured up to him. We're taken by the arms of the angels to Jesus to meet him in the clouds. But they're like, no, 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 it happens before. And they read passages, say, 2 Peter, uh, or actually the big one where they're like, okay, I'll prove it to you is 1 Thessalonians. And it talks about the rapture, right? And it's like, see, there's a rapture. And it's like, no, we don't disagree that there's a rapture, but nowhere in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 does it say that One lot would go before the other. That's right. And in fact, if if you were to read Matthew 24, just like, from start to finish, it says, okay, so there's a bunch of really bad stuff that happens, then the end will come. Like, that's literally <laughs> what the Bible says. But furthermore, my favorite verse on this topic is Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's, oh, it's this secret day coming in the future that no one knows about in which the heavens will pass away and the elements of the Love earth it. will burn out with fervor and heat. It's all one event that we have to look forward to. And it's like, oh, well, how do we get through the tribulation? Rely on Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson's back on deck this week. We're excited to have you back yes. once again. Take it away, please, with our next quiz question. Here we go. After how many years of marriage does Anna's husband die? 0491 064 Six six nine. Again, that question. After how many years of marriage did Anna's husband die? Unfortunate situation mm. for her. But again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And our prize for this week, we've got two amazing. 
puzzles that we're giving away, thousand piece puzzles. We've got Jesus at the helm as well as May I Hold Him, a kind of picture of, more Christmassy picture, picture of Jesus at his birth as well. Yeah, they're but, both fantastic. Hey, yes, looking. Awesome. And have you done, th- you, you said you've done thousand piece puzzles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've still got mine sitting out on our sofa. Keith keeps saying to me, you know, take it away to somewhere else. <laughs> but it took me two and a half months to put together. So I'm yeah. just like, I want to keep looking like, at what no I way, did. No way. <laughs> this is my achievement right here. This is like, this is like, you know, you, you frame and you, you hang up your, uh, your certificate from when you get your degree and these kinds of things. You put your, your, your kids' achievements on the fridge. Like, hey, this is my achievement. This puzzle, I'm about it. Hey, I totally understand. If you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. Again, after how many years of marriage did Anna's husband die? You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And on the phone, we have none other than Mr. Justin Lawman. Pastor Justin Lawman, I should That's say, it. actually. President Justin Lawman, I should say. Justin, are you there with us? I am Lawson. Hey, we're, we're stoked to have you here, bro. Welcome back. Well, it was great Mate, seeing I, you on I'm the weekend. I'm just reflecting. I'm just reflecting <laughs> all these these things you want to put on the fridge. You know, Danuta. Yes. I got a selfie with Lawson. So I heard. I, I, <laughs> I, I asked him about that and he said, yes, you're going to frame it and you're going to get his signature. So it sounds like correct, you're going to get him back correct. down. You've got to get him back down or you've got to come up this way and then come into the studio sometime to yeah. get his oh, signature, look, I reckon. <laughs> Lawson was, he was built for Canberra. We're keeping him here. Sorry, Justin. (laughs) We're keeping him right here. (laughs) Good good to me. Good to see. Good to spend time down there. It was, it was, it was such an awesome time. And it was good to, well, because again, this Faith FM event was built on a Canberra regional, which saw so many churches in the area get together. I believe it was six different churches in the Canberra areas. Uh, if I can list them all by name, maybe Justin, you can jump in and, and can correct me if I'm wrong or I'm missing some of it. It was, there was the, the church, the Mission Church plant, Pillar of Fire, Queenbean Church, South Canberra Church, National Church. And then there was, there was, might have been another one as well that is escaping my mind, but all these churches came together and just did such a fantastic job. Mm. And then in the evening yeah. you had the the um um yeah it was opened up to everyone coming along and it was right. it was just really full uh, for those listening about Faith FM as well we heard it was just a real high day and high evening yeah Justin. very very positive event and uh, fantastic mm, great amazing to amazing well hey Justin where are we going in the space as we usually talk about on Monday mornings with you. Politics and prophecy, the Bible and what is happening, the pressing issues of our world. What's going on there? Yeah, well, uh, again, guys, <laughs> from the time I've been doing this on the radio, mm. the world is just spinning mm. crazy, crazy mm. directions. Mm. Just want to remind the listeners, um, and a big picture the Bible paints a picture in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, he that restrains must restrain a little while longer. And theologians have debated who this is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'll just put my flag up the flagpole and say, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. That mm. the Holy Spirit's hand upon every human being, every person listening to this uh, radio program today, uh, he, the Holy Spirit's great work is to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and he has an influence mm. upon the world. But as people, 
as individuals and then corporately as as cities and nations as we reject his influence on us personally mm. uh the world increasingly gets worse and worse mm. and and i believe that's a time that we're living in mm. and that falls to us individually in our relationship with God. So I'm going to talk about some big issues rolling down the hill today. Mm. But, hey, me individually, when I wake up in the morning and I walk throughout the day, am I walking with the Lord? Am I letting the Holy Spirit have an influence on me and the way I treat other people and the way I relate to him and his law? That's... um. That's the big issue for the world. Yeah. I think uh, that initially, just hearing what you're saying, it, you know, you can think of a question like that, and it's quite pressing and quite quite an existential question that has, in fact, you know, if I reflect on, like, famous people of faith throughout history, and, and my mind immediately comes to, like, a Martin Luther, for example, where he was so pressed by this question of, being with the Lord that, well, at one point it led him to, you know, self-flagellation and whatnot as, as a Catholic. And he was like, oh man, like, I, I, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. I'm, I'm not perfect as the Lord's perfect and whatnot. But I, I think, you know, what you're suggesting here is to have that question on our mind is definitely a great place to start to say, to, to be, to be questioning oneself and one's motives and to say, hey, you know, where I'm at, what do I want to do and what do I want to achieve? And is that in the Lord's plan? That's a great place to be. And when I have a choice, I've got someone might be being nasty to me mm. or, or something. Do I respond back in the flesh or do I say, what would Jesus do? And, mm. and uh, I treat, you know, kindness. I give kindness back rather. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. So there's a lot of dishonesty come into sure. politics and to the leadership of nations. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that nation's in deep trouble. Because um, the leaders are the are the place where culture always starts and it spills down from there, and we mm. see it in nations. And all eyes, and I, I keep coming back to this, guys. We're on America, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the Middle East, and and people are uh, there's lots of people on the internet writing this Armageddon scenario over there. It's truly horrific what's going on, and I they're really playing with fire here because of the, the role of Iran. But above all that, the strength of the United States is the governing factor in all of these things. And what America chooses to allow or do or get involved in, that's still... They're the big dog mm. that uh, that they settle every fight if they choose to. So the U.S., the race for the United States president in 2024 to be November 5th of 2024 mm. is a massive thing for every country in the world, and that seems crazy. We've got our prime minister and we've got this and we've got that, but, boy, Whoever is the next U.S. president is going to be a massive impact on every nation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially because I think there is definitely a polarization in the area of their foreign politics and the way that they're interacting with 
countries outside of America. Here in Australia, the, I think it's maybe still fair. I think there, there, there is enough difference between the parties here in Australia that it matters who you vote for. But in regards to often, like, you know, questions on foreign policy and whatnot, we're not really confronted or pressed by that because often our policy is, oh, yeah, we're a Western democracy that's in line with other Western democracies. But for America, which direction they go, again, whether it's a Democrat government or a Republican government, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever it may be, it's this will shape our world. Look, it's um, Australia is very stable politically and, and <laughs> uh you know there'll be listeners out there that have really strong opinions either way and mm. I, that's fine I, good on you go your hardest but we are very stable politically with that we've got two teams two major teams and yep i've got my team you guys have got your team but th- there's not a it's not massive differences mm. now the u.s is going through an absolute uh watershed in in the differences and they're getting very mm. big and donald trump of course is your populist mm. who is a nationalist and they can't stop him they've just just a, a, on a friday in the u.s they've been trying to stop him run for uh being on the ballot using the 14th amendment and sorry to bore people with the details, but the 14th Amendment is from the Civil War era that if you were an insurrectionist against the the United States government, you couldn't run to be president. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. a long shot that they took, and they had a Democrat judge in a Democrat uh, state of Colorado, and she she actually says, no, Trump can go on the ballot. And mm. they've lost three major battles now, the Democrats, to stop Trump. Every bit of lawfare they're using against Trump mm. seems to be failing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've, and this shows you the desperation. This is what they do in third world banana republics. Yeah. Mm. We don't do this in Australia. We wouldn't use lawfare to stop. Albanese running to be prime minister or something, we'd let the voters decide. And in the US, they've fallen into this trap of using every bit of lawfare they can to try and stop the guy they don't want, Mm. one side to the other side. It's not working. Mm. And it's actually made Trump stronger. the other thing that's happening in the U.S. right now that will affect all of us before 2024 um, election in November is the economy. And they call it Bidenomics, but the, they just tried to raise more debt with their 30-year bond sale. And mm. I, I, I always oversimplify this, and I apologize to people um, if I'm confusing them or... If I go too hard, it's too complex. But basically, bonds are how you raise your debt. Mm-hmm. People don't want them. Uh, they the bond sale was the worst one they've had in, you know, for for fifty years, where they wow. they're trying to sell debt, and people are not buying. Nations are not buying, and they've had to increase and increase the interest rate on the bonds which collapses all the existing bonds as value 
And so they've got themselves in a terrible mess economically. And they're so addicted to debt in the U.S. to make the economy work. But even the debt they're using now is failing. And that's going to have a devastating impact upon worldwide. And like you you said the other week too, that they're in the trillions in the debt. (laughs) Yeah. Well, next year... For the first time in history, it appears that there will be $1 trillion of interest payments on their debt wow. that they have to make. Of wow. interest alone? Well, see, the problem, and here's the complexity uh, I have to go into, the bonds, when they offer the higher interest rate because they couldn't move them, mm-hmm. they couldn't get people to take debt, they have to o- offer higher interest rate, that's the American taxpayer's what they're paying back towards this debt that they're generating. $2 trillion deficits every year on a 5% interest rate. <laughs> wow. That's not sustainable. So even if they just say, we're just going to keep printing money, we're going to keep going into debt, actually they're going to hit a wall here shortly where they won't even be able to raise debt, mm. not like they have. And what that does to the buying power of your dollar. Mm-hmm. And this is why inflation is become our sort of permanent friend now that we don't like mm-hmm. is everything we buy, our dollars just not going as far as mm-hmm. it used to go. So yeah, we're there. We're on the edge globally of an economic correction that yeah. is, is massive. What's so interesting about this? And I think I asked a question some, maybe some weeks or some months ago. And it was like, Oh, you know, why can't America just stop? Uh, just, just, just say, Oh, well, you know what? We're not going to pay back any of our debt. And the answer is that, Oh, because then it becomes impossible to, to sell debt and to raise debt and to, to be able to continue on in that way. And what we're, you know, to keep their economy stimulating. Because no one will trust them, but I guess through their own persistence in not allowing the, uh, not allowing the, in their own persistence and not allowing the, 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 you know, not coming up with some kind of plan to, to solve this is that people have just realized and seen, oh, actually buying this debt means nothing. There will be no return on my investment anyway, because they're doing everything that they can not to solve this issue of debt. And, you imagine you take $2 trillion out of an economy. You, you, if you were to switch off the, the debt that they're generating to keep just normal things going, because when COVID came, everyone sort of, every government started to spend mm. and spend. Well, they've never actually taken that away. Mm. They've maintained the COVID level. Mm. So I listened to a Christian economist um, the other day who was saying if you take the two trillion out, or just a half of that out, mm-hmm. the growth rate is negative ten percent mm-hmm. um, of the economy, and so they're just they're so stuck and addicted to this. To they're trying the house is trying to wean itself off, and they just can't make any headway mm-hmm. uh, with this continuing resolution of spending, 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 and in the background. You've got China, they bought 15 tons of gold mm-hmm. in a month. And, wow. and wow. Russia and China are buying gold rather than 
government bonds, US bonds, who would normally be the type of country that would purchase them to just, you know, that's what they do with their wealth. So they're preparing themselves for a change mm-hmm. in the way the economy is rolling. So we live in very serious times, folks. Mm. You don't, I don't need to tell anyone that. They just can watch the news and see the, the horror on the news. But I want to remind you, as I do every week, Jesus is coming. Mm, and, amen. and it's going to get dark before it's dawn. Yeah. And there's going to be some trouble in the world. But, hey, when you are walking with him and trusting him, you're going to be just fine. Absolutely. You're going to be just fine. But um, it, it's, it brings this thing to a head, this journey that we're on in this world, that Jesus is the absolute future and the only investment that is the uh, that will pay you a dividend in the long run. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, Justin, thank you so much for joining us this morning and speaking on all things politics and prophecy, what's happening around the world. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You're listening to the Faith FM Breakfast Show, positively different radio. G'day, I'm Marius Jigal. Join us on Is It Relevant Today, where we discuss topics relevant to the time we're living in today. All of our shows also have corresponding YouTube presentations, so you can share them with your friends. I hope you have a magnificent day. For local airtimes of Is It Relevant Today, check the schedule at faithfm.com.au.